Right on. So we wrap up our series uh, called I Choose, <clears throat> and we're talking about the idea of I choose purpose over popularity. Uh, it's so interesting. You know, the scripture says things like in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in a future. God has plans for us. He has purposes for us. There's all throughout scripture, you can read the ways that God thinks toward you. He calls us as children. There's all of these great ways that he thinks after you. Why? Because he's created us to be purposeful. As a matter of fact, when you get to heaven, it says that we're going to stand before God and you're going to have a conversation about what you've done in your life, essentially how you've accomplished the purposes that God put you here for. Are you with me? And so if God has great purposes and great plans for you, how many know that's something we need to pay attention to? It's something we need to be thoughtful of is what are my purposes? What does God have for me? And how do I steward and manage those things in this world that we live in? Psalm 139, 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Meaning like the way we were put together was just so smart and so strategic so that we can be fruitful. Even in Genesis, you see where he says like, hey, look, I'm, <clears throat> I'm putting you here. I'm giving you dominion over everything. Now go what? Be purposeful, be fruitful, add to this thing. Uh, I want to see you continue to grow in the things that I've put you in place to do. And it's the same thing in our life. God wants to see us advance and grow and be purposeful in the things that he's given us dominion over. Uh, I thought about this statistic. You heard me share it a few weeks ago. The odds of you being born from conception to being here on earth, 130 octillion to one are the odds of everything going just perfectly for you to be able to be here on earth. That's 130 with 27 zeros behind it. What does that mean? That means that God had his hand on your whole life and everything to get you here. Why? Because he has a purpose for you. Are you with me? And we need to be thoughtful about that purpose. The scripture says that, or, or we see statistically, the number one selling Christian book of all time other than the Bible is Rick Warren's book called The Purpose Driven Life. And uh, what's, so, what's the big deal with that book? The big deal is people's number one question and, and longing in their heart is to discover, what am I here for? What's my purpose? How can I make a difference? And uh, I think it's something we should ask ourselves often. Uh, growing up, whether you played on a sports team or maybe your parents to told you this, um, you would hear this phrase, you win or you lose by the way that you choose. And so that, that's the big deal for us. That's the big thing in our walk with God is it's most of us have enough information about the Bible and about God to live out what he's called us to do. Most of us have enough knowledge and, and insight and wisdom to be able to kind of know where we should be and what we should be away from. But what it all boils down to is the way that we choose. What do we choose to do with all those things? How do we choose to lead our families and our marriages and all those things that comes down to choosing? Uh, I thought about last month how we all wrote out our seek books and we put in goals and plans and strategies that God gave to us. But those books don't mean anything if we don't choose to execute what God spoke to us in that time. And so in this series, we've decided to look at it and say, okay, God, you know, we want to make good choices. We want to be purposeful in our walk. And the truth is most people sacrifice their purpose for popularity. When it boils down to how we've missed the mark with God, or, uh, and I even shared this last week, if you even look at the original sin, what happened in the garden, you could say that Eve just looked around and said, no, I want to be a part of everything. I need to be in it all. 
He said, don't eat of that tree. Oh, no, no, I have this desire to be in everything. I got to be a part of it all instead of staying purposeful in what God instructed them to do. And so I think about our lives, many of our decisions and our filters and our processes all boil down to this one thing. Do I feel popular? Am I getting the attention from it that I want? Is it pleasing me in the way that I desire in terms of groups and people and others? Are you with me? We choose popularity over purpose. I thought about it like this. Imagine a world where everyone likes you, everyone approves of you, everyone admires you, nobody talks negatively of you. Now you can forget that world because it's not possible, right? But what's interesting to me is we spend so much energy trying to create that world. If you think about our lives in the way that we make decisions, we spend so much energy trying to create a world where everyone likes us, everyone approves of us, everyone admires us, nobody talks negatively, where everything's perfect, everyone likes us. And one of the ways that I can prove it is many of us are surrounded by great people who love us and are genuine and care about us. But the one person who does us wrong, isn't it interesting how much energy we spend trying to get that one person turned back right and we neglect all the others that support? How many are with me? You've done that. You've got such a surrounding. You've got such a great thing. And because we are so concerned with the popularity of everybody loving us and caring, that we will sacrifice who's with us to be able to try to win back somebody who's maybe not the way we... Are you with me? I thought about this. Think about how we make decisions. We literally vocalize these things to each other. We say things like, I don't know, I'm, I'm making this decision, but what will so-and-so think of me or think of it if I make this decision? Or we say things like, um, what should I do? If I do this, so-and-so is going to say this or do this or act like this. And we'd make all these decisions based on how it's going to make somebody else happy or not happy. Popularity, right? Are you with me? Keeping others happy, keeping others pleased, instead of saying, hey, I'm making this decision based on the purpose that I have from God. And if they don't like it, that's okay. Are you with me? Think about it. Everything that we do, we run through a filter of others. The clothes we wear, the cars we drive, the house, the thing, all this stuff that we do, we subconsciously run through a filter of what other people may think or say about it instead of, does this accomplish my purpose that I've been given by God? It's interesting, isn't it? I thought about this. We've created a popularity measuring culture, Instagram, Facebook, all these things. We've literally created ways that you can gauge response of your popularity. I'm going to take this picture, but of course, with this picture, I got to put a filter on it. I got to make it look perfect. It can't be real. Then I'm going to post that, and I'm going to immediately see the response of my popular. I like that. I know that I didn't get that many likes. Oh, I love that. I didn't get that many. And we've literally created a culture where we can measure popularity and connection. Isn't it sad? Instead of, I wish we spent as much time in our lives taking a look at our purpose meter Every so half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever you do, you sit back and you evaluate your purpose instead of evaluating your popularity. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't we be more effective? And here's why I say all this, is because living for the approval of others keeps you from living the purposes of God. When we live for the approvals of others, it will keep you from the purposes of God. I thought about this. Now I strive to create a world and imagine a world with me where you don't care what other people think because you're so focused on pleasing God and not pleasing people. Let me say it again. 
I can imagine a world, I strive to create a world where I spend more energy making sure I'm pleasing God than I am pleasing people. Because people can bring baggage. People can bring their own agendas. People can bring their own biases. And at the end of the day, our only judge is the one we stand before in eternity. Are you with me? Now, I'm not here to say you shouldn't have people who speak into your life. I'm not here to say you shouldn't have wisdom and counsel and all that kind of stuff. We love that stuff. We build this church on that. But what I'm saying is if we live to people, please, if we're all golden retriever Christians here to make you happy, (laughs) I have a golden retriever, so I know what that is. If that's how we live our lives, we will not accomplish the purposes of God in our life. Are you with me? Hebrews is a great story we see here with Moses. Moses in Hebrews 11, 24, it says, by faith, meaning it took faith. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeing, fleeting sin, pleasures of sin. He's making a decision to stick with the things of God, and he had to use his faith to be able to do it. He re- He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. You're talking about a guy here, Moses, who shows us the way that like, look, I'm not going to choose what's easy, what's popular, what's the most fun. I'm not going to choose those things to satisfy me. Instead, I'm going to set my eyes on the things of God, no matter what it costs me, because I understand there's a bigger reward down the road. Yes? Same thing in our life. We have to choose the purposes, the big picture in our life over the things that can make us feel good in the days that we're in now. There's a story of Nehemiah. He's up doing some work and some guys come to him and, and, and there's a lot of story to it, but he actually, uh, it, it's, a, it's a group that was kind of out to get him or whatever, but they come to him with this report. And anyway, he's up on the roof and he says this thing back to him. He says, you know, hey, I'm busy. Essentially, leave me alone. He said, I'm doing a great work. He wasn't distracted by the people coming at him and the popularity and what other people were saying and what other groups and tribes and villages and all these kinds of things. He's like, look, I need to be about what I'm supposed to be doing right now, what I'm building. He says, leave me at what I'm doing. I'm doing a great work. And then what's amazing to me is he then prays a prayer to God where he says, strengthen my hands. When the groups and the people came and the crowds came and all these people had these things to say to him, he reminded himself about the work that he was called to do, the purpose. And then his prayer to God was, strengthen my hands so that I can be somebody who accomplishes what I'm setting my hand to do. I wonder how good our lives would be. I wonder how effective we'd be if as groups came and popularity thing and all these came to tempt us and be a part of this thing. If we said, no, I'm doing a great work here and God strengthened my hands. Are you with me? How do I break that down practically? You're, 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 you're a mom. You're, a, you're someone who's staying at home and you've you got diapers and you've got all the things and you've got all these distractions to do something else. And God, and you just remind yourself, I'm doing a great work here. Strengthen my hands. I'm raising kids. I'm, I'm serving at this thing. I'm doing this thing. I got this goal. Strengthen my hands. I'm doing a great work here. Are you with me? I love uh, what Peter and the apostles say in Acts 5, 29. It says, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. Meaning what comes first is what God has instructed us to do. We can't please everyone, but we can please God. If you leave with anything today, leave with that idea that, listen, you're never going to be able to please everyone, but you can please God. You can take it the things that he's instructed you and the words that he spoke to you, and you can finish on those things. And it's more important that we be people who please God than live our lives to please everyone. Are you with me? 
Jesus gives this amazing story that I'm going to read here. Uh, I've shared this with you before, but many of you are new, so I'm going to share it again. But he gives us this awesome picture about leaving purpose in front of popularity. You find it in Luke 4.40. It says, At sunset, the people brought Jesus, brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one of them, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out, many shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. And then it says this, At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. A solitary place is an introverted place. A solitary place is a friendless place or an unpopular place. He went to a place where there was no trending. There was no Twitter. There was no what people are talking about. He went to a place where it was him and the Heavenly Father. Are you with me? And it says, The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. First thing Jesus points out is he knows why he's here. He knows his purpose. He knows what he's supposed to be about. He's on a mission. He's not that about the crowds coming to him. He's not about being liked by people. He's not about having the masses. He's saying, I need to be about what I was here to do. He knew his purpose. So think about this story. Some of you have heard this before. But Jesus is doing his Jesus thing. He's in a town. He's healing people. There's miracles. There's all this great things. And then Jesus takes a break. He goes to a place to recharge, refuel, spend time with God. That's a good thing. The crowd comes back to him and says, hey, listen, we've spread the word. There's people coming that need healings, that need miracles, that need all this stuff that we just saw the night before. You know, we need you to come back and do this. And Jesus essentially says, no. Think about that. There's people with great needs and real sickness and real things. And Jesus says, no, actually, I need to keep going about my purpose. So that means at some point on this whole discussion and this whole time, Jesus literally, to leave that place, had to turn his back on good needs. Good people, real things. Jesus, to be about his purpose, had to turn and walk away. Now, obviously, what we believe is that uh, the disciples and other people's were, people were prepared there to meet the needs of the people. But Jesus was so set out about the purpose, the cross, what he was sent here to do, is he said, no, I know what I'm here to do. And I'm set out to do it. And I need to be on my way because the popularity of the crowds coming is not more important than my eternal purpose. Are you with me? You can actually find this uh, in Scripture uh, I'll, I'll read it here in a minute, but I thought about this. Uh, think about the guilt trippers, and I just want to set you free on something today. Think about the guilt trippers. Here's Jesus. There's real needs, all these things. And then Jesus says, like, see ya. I got to be about my thing. And they're pulling the, don't you love me? Well, I thought you were Jesus, you know, pulling all the little things. And even Jesus kept on his way to his purpose. I'm telling you, <clears throat> on your way to your purpose, and you're going to what you're, there's going to be the guilt trippers. Say, well, I thought that you were this. I thought you were a Christian. I thought that you loved everyone. And they'll try to get you to compromise away from your purpose. Are you with me? Jesus knew, like Psalm 37, 23, said the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. You follow the steps that God puts in front of you on the way to your purpose. You'll see this all throughout Scripture. Jesus was about his purpose. Look how often the writers write about this. In Luke 9, it says, At the time, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And the word resolutely there is stubbornly or purposefully. Luke 13, it says, Then Jesus went throughout the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Luke 17, 11, now on his way to Jerusalem. Luke 18, Jesus took 12 aside and told them, We are going up to Jerusalem. And Luke 19, 28, after Jesus had said this, he went on his way to Jerusalem. 
All throughout those uh, stories, all throughout those uh, chapters, you see one thing is in front of Jesus. It's his purpose of getting to Jerusalem because that's where he would eventually be captured and led to the cross and his purpose would be fulfilled. Jesus had his eye on his purpose, not his popularity the whole time. He held everything up to, is this helping me or hurting me on my way to the cross or Jerusalem? In our lives, our filter needs to be, is this helping me or hurting me on my way to what God has for me? Are these people in my life? Are these thoughts or the things that I'm letting influence me? Are these compromises that others are making that they're trying to pull me into? Is it helping me or hurting me on my way to what God has for me? Are you with me? Everything was held up to it, and that's how he made his decisions. I'll close with this. Uh, I thought about this. What's interesting for us when you talk about purpose and popularity, and this is my, my closing thought to the series, is we're wired to think, we're trained, if you will, in culture to think that you need to be popular. It's very important that you get in the right group and that you be popular and that you do this. All of our marketing is you must own this or trending this, you have to be in this. But you weren't called to be like everybody else. You weren't called to be popular and to be everything. Now we wanna be influencers and we wanna be leaders and all that stuff is true. But at the end of the day, what you're responsible for is what God has spoken to you to do and how we please him. Are you with me? He made you, you. You have one thumbprint in all of mankind. It's you. That's who you're called to be. Your purpose is what you're in charge of. I thought about 2 Corinthians 6, 17. It talks about, therefore, come out and be separate, says the Lord. It's like, hey, don't try to blend in with everybody else and, and water it all down and make it all lukewarm. You are a one-of-a-kind. One you're a one per, you, you're you. Come out and be separate and be you. Are you with me? I thought about all the greats in the Bible, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It said that they stood when everyone else bowed. They took a stand for their purpose. Scripture says Daniel prayed three times a day when he was instructed not to. He took a stand when everyone else wouldn't. Noah and his family spent years and years and years building a boat that was pretty unpopular because no one had seen rain. He's out there just doing it, just doing it. Why? Being what he was called to be, following the purpose that God put in his life. He came out and was separate. Joshua said, look, as for me and my house, I don't care what the rest of you are doing. I don't care what's trending and what's popular. I don't care about any of that. Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what's trending, what you're into, what they say we should be doing or how we should say. As for us, this is the way we're going to do it. This is our purpose. Are you with me? I thought about John 12. It says, unless a seed fall to the ground and abide alone, it will not bear fruit. We have seasons where you come out and be separate and stand in what God created you to produce. The seed had to remain alone. It had to go into the ground. Now, again, I'm not saying we neglect everybody. It needed its surroundings. It needed dirt and sun and all. It still needed those things that keep you healthy. But it's like, look, if you're waiting to do it with everybody else, like everybody else, that's not the way you produce fruit. Come out and be separate and be who God called you to be. John 5, 19, John 5, 19 says, Jesus gave this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. One translation says, guides him in all that he does. The person that we should care about pleasing is the heavenly father. 
Everything that we do is not based on the popularity of the world. It's based on what God is showing, instructing, and guiding us to do. Are you with me? And so think about that. Everything he did was run through the filter. Has the Father revealed for me to do this? Now, I'm not saying approach a door and say, God, do I open the door? <laughs> do I turn left? Do I? <laughs> but I'm saying you can walk into environments and say, God, am I supposed to talk to that person? Am I supposed to give that much? Am I supposed to serve this way? Am I supposed to, are you with me? We can ask the heavenly father to reveal to us our purposes. He will lead and guide and show you in the ways that you should go. What if everything we did was revealed by God? Every appointment, every email, every handshake, everything we did, we held up through the filter of is this pleasing unto God or is this just something I wanna do because it's gonna help me feel popular? I think it's the biggest thing as a Christian in our culture that we have to cling to. It's literally called God's word, meaning what he says is the most important. Above anything and opinion and blog and trend, blah, right? This is God's word. This is all we need to care about hearing. 